Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Normal Books. My name is Kalen. How are you guys doing today? I am tired. Um, I have been up since 4 or 4.30 this morning. I just got done working a 10-hour day. Um, I got I left work at 5.30. I went in at 7.30. Um... I got home around 6 because I stopped somewhere to grab dinner. I came home, I let my dog out, and then I stuffed my face with food. And now I'm here. Uh, it is about 6.40, so <laughs> I might... I just feel like I am just all over the place with like my thoughts and that probably is not a good idea to record on, but I feel like it'd be more fun this way. Um, at work we were, uh, I, I cannot tell you where I work, what the company is called. And I don't believe I can say what my exact job title is, but what I can say is that I've said, of course, before I work in a factory, I work with automotive paint and I have the job of making sure that robots have paint in them. That is about as much as a general generalization as I can do. Um, we were doing, we, we had a couple new, we put in some new systems in and um, we were doing trialing and we're just having issue after issue after issue with all that. So after we, we, we've done two weekends of testing and we're still having issues, which is fun. So fun for us. Um, <clears throat> no, but, uh, <laughs> I, I I really haven't been able to see my mom lately and and I mean she did make me for my birthday she made me um a dinner so I've been eating that slowly through the week she made me homemade barbecue beef for barbecue beef sandwiches so like we make homemade barbecue sauce for it and it is so good um she also made me one of my favorite desserts for my birthday cake, which is strawberry shortcake. So good. Though I have to say, when I make biscuits for the strawberry shortcake, mine are better. Um, not not to brag, but it's a subtle brag. Um, <laughs> but uh, she got me, her and her boyfriend, for, for a gift. Um, they got me a gift certificate to the tattoo shop that I got of a certain amount of money. And I am so excited. And I, and when I saw her and I told her that I, I liked it because she, it, she goes, even though it wasn't what you asked for, for your birthday, because what I asked for was new pillows because I don't want to go out and buy my own because <laughs> I'm cheap and lazy like that. Um, <laughs> but uh but I'm just like yeah I'm so and I and I told her like I was planning on using that gift certificate to um put a new 
piece in for when I do my full sleeve on my right arm. Now, I can tell you when I told her that, her face was not excited. Um, I mean, I'm super excited. I'm also very afraid because my I, I've been going to the same tattoo shop for, I think, two, two, three years now. And I have the same artist who has been doing my last, like, three, three pieces of work. And, uh, and so she's, I absolutely love her death. She does great work. And, uh, her one thing that she's always said to me, because when I told her I was planning on getting a full sleeve done, she goes, okay, well, some parts are going to hurt more than others. I'm just, okay, well, what parts and what parts are that going to be? She goes, it's going to be all the bendy parts. So when I get the inner part of my elbow done, the outer part of my elbow done, that is going to suck so much. Like I've got um, really right now, part of the half sleeve I have, some of it is like right almost on the elbow. It's not fully on there, but it's just there enough. And let me tell you, that fucking hurt. I mean, I've had, I've had, I've had, I do have some tattoos where um, some of it is on my spine and I about cried when, when that happened because that hurt so fucking bad. And I, 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 one, one tattoo that I don't fully understand that people get is when it's going down long ways on your spine. I'm just like that. Oh, I feel like you just hit nerve after nerve after nerve. And uh, I, I, I know that is like my mom, like she wants all my tattoos to be on my back. Now my back is, my back's covered pretty good. It's not a full back piece. I've got four different pieces on my back and they're all pretty big. And it's just like, I don't want any more on there. Like the tattoo that I have on my upper right arm, she goes, well, you can put that on your back. I'm just like, if I do that, it's going to be smaller and there's not going to be as much fine detail as there is in it now. And my, my parents were very against me getting tattoos in the beginning. Like my dad told me, cause when I was 16, I told them that I wanted to get a tattoo. And his response was, uh, you're not allowed to get tattoos as long as you live under my roof. Found a loophole, freshman year, college. I was living in the dorms, technically not under his roof. Um, but but I, I mean, my parents have gotten used to me getting tattoos now. Um, I have nine so far. Uh, I my, my mom keeps asking me when I'm going to be done and... It's until I no longer have any designs in my head that I want to get. So right now I've got three different designs that I want. I think two of them are going to go towards um, my sleeve. And that, well, I know one for sure. I haven't decided about the other one yet. And then another one's going to go on. Hi, baby. Can you move? Come here. Sorry. That was Zena's tail. She's. Very excited if you could not hear. Um, but I've got one that I know for sure that I'm going to put on. I think I'm going to put it over basically the burn scar that I have on my left arm. Because I was an idiot at, I 
God, I think it was 18. And uh, I was at a job and I was moving a hot tray that I just pulled out of the oven. And I had to go through a, um, like one of those swinging doors that I, I, so my first job that I, like, this is, this is so random and it's just going places, but we're going to go with it. Um, the first job that I had, I worked at a turnpike plaza in one of the restaurants there. And, um, I worked at, it was a bagel shop that I worked at and, uh, I, we had what was called bagel dogs. I, I was trying to go through the door at the same time someone was coming through. So I turned the tray off to the side, but I didn't move my arm enough out of the way to where the corner of it got on my skin. Oh, fuck. That hurt so bad. That, that was a very good burn. And the thing is, it was in the shape of a triangle. Um, so that, I th- amazingly, it's not a very, I mean, you really have to be looking for it to actually see the scars. So, I mean, it was a bad burn, but it didn't leave this huge, terrible scar. It did bring um, the vein that I have in that part of my arm closer to the skin, I believe, because I can see that better than anything um but i think at the next tattoo i'm gonna get it that i'm gonna put on my left arm is going to be basically right on top of that to cover it up or close enough to where it's covered up um hi tinky um oh i think I just feel like I'm all over the place. And I know I am. I am just fucking scatterbrained right now. And I feel like that's fine. It's going to make for a very interesting episode. But I'm going, I'm, I'm apologizing. I am apologizing so far in advance for how terrible this may be. Um, so to kind of get back on track, we are going to get into our next book. And so the team has gathered all of this so far that the sheriff owns everything in the county. He owns the water system. He owns the internet. He owns the cable. He owns everything. And it's almost like he's using, like, it's almost like a cult or, yeah, a cult mentality in this place. And it's really fucking weird how they do this. Um, When the FBI finally gets into town, they learn that none of the residents know anything about the serial killer who who is targeting young men from that, that, that town. And... Whenever the name Evans comes up, like, they are associated with the devil. They want nothing to do with it. Now, Lana is coming to Delaney Grove, and she's going with Hadley just a couple hours later than what Logan, uh, from when Logan left. Now, the reason for that is she's going with Hadley because they want it, her and Jake want to get a couple more things done before they actually went to Delaney Grove. 
And one of the things was Jake went there first. And they have this thing, which I, I don't know if it's an actual product. And that'd be really fucking cool if it was. But it's like a time-delayed um, spray paint where you can spray you can spray paint it and then it can take it will take minutes or hours depending on like the certain the certain chemical component for it to actually show up like that is fucking amazing i don't know if it's an actual product i don't know if anything like this actually exists no idea so the book that we have is scarlet angel by st abby uh, our characters in this are Lana, Logan, Jake, Hadley, Lisa, Elise, Donnie, Leonard, SSA Johnson, and Sheriff Cannon. Um, with SSA Johnson, he'll just be known as Johnson, and by Sheriff Cannon, he'll just be known as Sheriff. Now, before we get into any of this, I'm going to do a quick trigger warning. In this episode, there's talk of rape, torture, and murder. It is the same in the book. So if you guys are reading as we're going along, please, please, please take that into consideration. Now, we left off, if you remember, at one of the best cliffhangers where Lana gets blindsided and turns out it's a boogeyman in her house. Now, she lets a boogeyman get like a couple hits in. And then she fucking demolishes him. And and not just in the physical sense either, like mentally as well. So he is used sorry, he is used to um having women fear him. And and he basically feeds off this fear, and Lana's not giving him that. She is literally putting him in his own place saying, look, I've destroyed men who are bigger and tougher than you. I don't go after the weak like you do. And basically knocking him down peg after peg after peg. And it is amazing to read. And so she's doing all this mentally to him to where She's basically taking him from what he perceives as like a godlike structure he put himself in. And she brought him back down to a lowly mortal. And then she she's doing all this while giving like an entire monologue about her life. And I feel like you have that whenever at like any any movie where there's a villain in there, he always does a monologue. Like, um, the Incredibles, you've got, uh, Oh, Oh my God. What was, what was the villain in the Incredibles? Um, buddies. Okay. Buddy's superhero name was, um, Oh, Bam with an S. I don't remember. Dear Jesus, I love fucking Disney movies and I cannot remember what... I, I remember the character's name, Buddy. I remember that he went by Incrediboy. I do not remember what his villain name was. Syn- Is it Syndrome? Something like that. Bam with an S, that's all I remember. But, um... 
<laughs> but but she does this whole monologue type thing and she's just like you know in every scary movie you always have the last victim who is able to kill the bad guy with just dumb luck of him running into his own knife and that's what he does and you picture this thing entirely in your mind as it's happening like step by step by step by step it's right there it's happening boom boom so she so she's now after the boogeyman is actually dead she finds out that he has a um cell jammer device so she leaves that as is because, you know, she's not supposed to know about those things. She's supposed to be this terrified woman now because she had a killer in her house. And, and so she sits on her couch. She still has a knife in her hand. And she's just like, okay, what am I supposed to act like? She goes, I can't fake cry. It doesn't work. And then she goes on, I'm going to act shocked. Because, I mean, that is something that would happen. I mean, you might, different things happen to different people when a traumatic event happens. Like, um, now this, I mean, this, this was a traumatic event for me. Um, it was when I got into my first car accident and I remember I, I had we, I was in my, my mom had a Jeep Liberty at the time. I could not get my car out of the driveway. Thank God for that. And my sister's car, she had a exploded bottle of wax in her trunk. And I also couldn't get my dad's truck out of the driveway. So my mom let me and my boyfriend take her Jeep because we were planning on going to the movies. Um, we went back to his house and then we were leaving from him, from his house and we were going to the Norwalk movie theater. We get maybe 20 to 30 yards from his driveway when a car backed up and back up and backed up and hit us. Um, it hit on the passenger side. None of us were hurt, um, but I remember, like, as soon as it happened, I'm just like, oh my god, like, I am trying to figure out, like, what do I have to do? Calling 911 was not the first thing that came to my mind. My first thing was, I my parents are going to kill me because I wrecked their car. It didn't matter that it wasn't my fault, but I felt like I, my parents were going to kill me, and... I called my mom and I'm hysterically crying. I'm in shock. I'm just bawling my eyes out. And the only, and my mom's trying to understand what I'm saying, but the only thing that I can yell out is the Jeep got into an accident. Apparently the Jeep drove itself into an accident. I did not drive the Jeep into an accident. The Jeep did it itself. But um, I just remember just in shock just crying and it was kind of like my it, it my boyfriend at the time he could not open the door so he was able to climb out the window 
And he was holding me after I got on the phone call with my mom after I yelled shit for like 10 minutes screaming it. And, um, and I just, I was kind of like, wasn't really paying attention to what was going on until my parents got there. And I think it was, my mom was holding me at the time. Um, and cause I was 18 when this happened and my then boyfriend and his dad, they were basically both holding my dad back. So he didn't go beat the shit out of the kid who hit me. Uh, I I really think my dad wanted to. If he could have gotten past them, he probably would have. Because the, the kid was a year older than me. We went to the same high school. But, um, yeah, but everyone reacts differently in some sort of event, traumatic event of some sort. Because, um, and, and, and so she... She finally hears the cops coming. She's still acting like she's in shock. She's just looking at the knife and the officers, they, she acts like the officers startle her and everything. And then all of a sudden you hear this banging on a door and, you know, everyone's on high alert. Lana's even on high alert because she doesn't know who else, she had no idea anyone else was in the house with her. And the door opens and it's Agent Hadley Grace, who is tied up and, um, and, oh, sorry, and gagged in the closet. And Lana literally starts to she feels fear she's actually in shock at this point because she's remembering she did a fucking monologue of all of her crimes now you're probably wondering at this point why and how Hadley got into the closet and I will tell you how and why so when Hadley saw Lana at FBI headquarters, she like she all she always had this weird feeling about Lana. And so she decided, you know what? Since she's gonna be at headquarters for a while, I'm gonna go over to her house. I'm gonna check some things out. Well, unbeknownst to any of them, the boogeyman was already at Lana's house. So Lan or Hadley also got blindsided, got hogtied, and 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 gagged. And the last thing the boogeyman said to her before he put her in the closet is just like, "Watch what's gonna happen because after that, same thing's gonna happen to you." So Hadley, in her mind, she's already thinking of what exactly is going to happen to her, and like. As much as she's trying to warn Lana when Lana walks in, I mean, she's muffled. You can't hear her. You can't see her in any way. And it also doesn't help that the boogeyman was playing music. So, instead of Hadley basically telling everyone the truth of what had happened, she lied and said it was dumb luck. And you're probably wondering, 
why? Why is Hadley doing this? And we'll get into that because it's very interesting the way that Hadley's mind is working right now. And there's a lot at play to make Hadley um, see this. Because one of the phone calls that she got um, right before she entered Lana's house was um, that their um, stra- their torture and mutilation case killer is also the person who killed Ferguson. Um, and you remember Ferguson is Hadley's step um, ex stepfather who had molested her as a child. And so, I mean, that brings on the suspicion, and she thinks that she's going crazy, that there's no way it could be Lana, and, like, all these different things are going through her head. And and then she's coming to the realization as she's watching all this unfold from inside the closet, like, she has no idea who Lana really is, but it really solidifies um, Hadley to not tell anyone about who exactly Lana is when she says, like, everything, like, she was ready to go on the path, like, nothing mattered until him. Now, Hadley knows him is Logan. So, Now that Logan and the rest of his team have gotten there, um, they all decide that they are going to go to a hotel instead of staying at someone's house. Because even though the boogeyman is dead, no one feels safe. And it's just the realization of this had happened so fast like no one i mean the not 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 that this has happened so fast but that this had happened to someone that they know and it it has everyone on edge now logan is able to take three days off of work it probably could have been more but um the last bodies that are the last victims that lana had killed their bodies were finally found and um Lana's just like, hey, you get tell she tells Logan, hey, you get ready, I'll go and get Hadley. So she walks over to Hadley's hotel room because they're all staying basically in the same hotel. And when Hadley opens the door, like she has a gun trained on Lana. Now I would do the same thing that Hadley did. Truthfully, I would. Because you're not entirely sure if of their motives, basically. I mean, truthfully, you don't know anyone's true motives. And that's the really shitty thing about life nowadays. And Like, you, someone could look like the nicest person, but they could be also a Ted Bundy type. Now, Hadley listens to everything that Lana is saying because Lana's just like, look, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not a sociopath. I think she only says that she's a psychopath. But, um, and she gives Hadley her entire backstory of what 
of how she grew up, of what her name originally was, of what had happened to her and her brother, and what her and her best friend are doing now. And Hadley has a change of heart. Because when when Lana tells her what she's doing and everything that this town has put put them through and how no one believed two teenagers' words, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Okay. Hadley understands because... No one believed her word as a teenager of what her stepfather was doing to her. And this entire town did not believe Lana and her brother, or I should say Victoria and her brother. So Hadley tells Lana that she's with her until she has her mental break. And, And Lana has trained against having one, but... Anything could happen. So everything kind of gets back on a very smooth track of things until there's a small blimp and everything. And that small blimp happens to be the day that Lana is over at Jake's house when Logan and Donnie knock on the door. Now, Lana's like freaking out. I mean, I would be too. I mean, look at it this way. You're planning more murders, and the FBI knocks up onto the door. And not just any FBI, your boyfriend. I mean, it's a total mindfuck. See what I did there? Um, so she goes and hides, and uh, Jake goes to answer the door. Now, I have not said this before so here we go um logan and donnie are very surprised because they think that either jake is a mastermind behind this or he is helping the killer in some way now that kind of all goes to hell because when jake answers the door he's in a wheelchair about three years prior to this he was in a in a, in a motorcycle accident to where he um, became paralyzed from the waist down. Now, Donnie is all just like, we're going to hell. Because we're blaming a man, or we're thinking that a man who's in a wheelchair is either the killer or helping the killer. Now, Logan's gut is telling him somehow Jake is involved. But uh, things go a little weary when they're in the house still because, I mean, yes, Lana's in there, but they don't know that. But um, she knocks something over and then hurries up and climbs out the window. And when Logan and Donnie, before they got into the house, they kind of looked around the house and they saw that all the windows were closed. And when they went into this office that Lana was previously hiding in, the window was open. I mean, rookie mistake. Um, Jake finally tells them that they need to leave because they ask him about, um, 
the Evans kids and Jake shuts down and he becomes very cold toward them, towards them saying um, that Marcus was his boyfriend and that Victoria was like a little sister to him. And if there's anyone out there killing in revenge for them, that he would gladly shake their hand. So after they leave, they kind of like stick around for a little bit and then they go and follow Jake when he leaves. And Donnie solidifies that they're going to hell because Jake goes to a basketball court where he plays a game of basketball or he has this like basketball league that he coaches or he plays with. I'm not 100% sure if he just coaches. Um, but it's with all of these children that have some sort of disability. And so a few days go by and it comes to Logan and his team's attention that SSA Johnson or just Johnson is going to join them for the case and also take over the investigation of the Scarlet Slayer. Now, the Scarlet Slayer is a name that Jake came up with and somehow got it to the media, and that is what Lana is being called. So Johnson had worked the original case, and he is a profiler that is that has been known to make a profile and make it stick to someone, even if they have, even if none of they even if like this person was not able to do any of the crimes he makes it stick um the and so the team believes that that Johnson with the help of the director covered up everything and they actually know who the original killer is so it's decided that they're going to go back to Delaney Grove where all the original kills had ta- had taken place and where the where Evans and his children were all killed. Now, Johnson's working very closely with the sheriff by locking the rest of the team out of it. Now, that seems very, very suspicious to me because, like, you can tell they're trying to cover something up. And it's not, it's already not looking good that one, you have an agent who is not part of that team coming in and taking over the investigation, completely derailing what they originally, what um, their current um, profile is. So the beginning of the profile is that it was, that the Scarlet Slayer was a, um, sexual sadist due to the mutilation that uh, he does to the body. Now they do believe that the Scarlet Slayer is a man um, due to the torture aspects of it. And so um, they had, after new stuff had come out and about, and once they find out about Evans and the children, um, they look they look at the profile in a new way and they see that it's not a sexual sadist but it's actually a revenge killer and so that is the working profile that they have johnson comes in completely derails it and says that they're looking for a um a sexual sadist and that he is putting a per a young man that lives in 
um, Delaney Grove under police protection because they believe he will be the next target, even though right now that person is just very low on the radar. So you, you know, Johnson's got something to do with all this shit with her and Jake. Now both in Delaney Grove, um, it, it becomes their sprint basically. So, um, they have her and Jake have been planning this for three years, everything. Cause she, it's been 10 years since everything. And it's gone through basically what like the first year was the second year, the third, the fourth and fifth and so on about how like everything that she went through and, and, and how she got herself to where she is now. Now with, with this paint that I was talking about, um, they are spray painting certain sayings up and it's, it's sometimes scripture. It's sometimes stuff from Confucius. It's also some stuff from Einstein. Um, but it's basically a scare tactic for the town and it's working. Like there's one saying, or there's one piece of writing that says like the past won't stay in the past. The souls of the innocent are coming for their revenge and just things like that. Lana and Jake also are able to turn the water supply red. The entire water supply for the county, not just the, not just the town, the entire county. Um, and it's been almost a full day of all of this terror. I'm going to say quote unquote terror in this town when there's finally a break in the case. Now this break comes in the form of a woman named Diana Barnes. Now she, her son was, Oh, I'll get more into her son and everything, but um, she has lived in Delaney Grove for most of her life and knows the story of what happened to Victoria and Marcus Evans and is willing to tell the FBI everything. And that is where book three ends. We have finished another fantastic episode. And we also have another fantastic cliffhanger. Now, I don't remember if I said this in the last episode, but if I had to, if I was reading these books as they were coming out, I would be so pissed right now. Not, I would be, only reason I would be pissed because I would have to wait for however long until the next book came out. And I don't think I would be able to do that. And I'm very glad that when I first read this series, all the books were already out because I devoured them. They're so good. Again, it's one, it's a very beautifully written book. It's so fucking action packed in this. And all these characters, they always throw you for a loop for the next thing that happens. And it's so fucking amazing. There's some books where I read it and I'm just like, I would, I would want to tweak this a little bit. I would want to kind of change this. There's nothing so far in these three books that I would want to change at all. Absolutely nothing. 
And for me, that's kind of rare. One thing that I do wish that we, that we could get, like, if we could have like a, um, a, a kind of like a spinoff series in a way of this, but have it in like the viewpoint of Jake and possibly Hadley, because I, because especially when I like learn like looking at it in the perspective of Jake when he was a teenager and everything that happened, I feel like that would be such, like, so fantastic. And then going through the years with Lana and then what they are till now and, and everything else, I just feel like they would be so fantastic of a read. Um, could be wrong, but I think that would be cool. Um, it's just a fantastic series all around so far. Um, so this is the end of the episode where I tell you where you can find me. But before I do that, please, 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 please rate, subscribe and review. Even if you just want to rate and review it, that is fine. Um, if you know anyone who you think would like this podcast, word of mouth, please tell them, um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at not your normal books podcast. You can also email me at not your normal books at gmail.com and you can email me or message me on Instagram uh, with any of your book suggestions, with your thoughts and feelings on the books we've done so far. Any questions you have for me, I will take any of that. Um, that is it for me. I'm going to now probably go take a long long nap, meaning I'm probably going to go to bed soon because I'm exhausted. Um, until next week, uh, next week will be book four of the series. So excited. Um, and then after that, we only have one more book. So we got two books left and I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken that it's almost done, but at the same time, I cannot wait for you guys to hear all about this. All right. I will see you guys all next week.